This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 413. And the quote of the day is, stay open-minded. Things aren't always what they seem to be. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's happening, boys and girls? This is episode 413. I hope you're doing well. I hope all is cool in your world. And I hope you had a great weekend if you're listening to this. uh, Well, whatever. I don't care what day you're listening to it. I hope you had a good weekend whenever the weekend was for you, even if you're not listening to this on a Monday. Hey, quick shout out. I want to thank my man, Wayne Salzman, for hooking this interview up. This is JJ Johnson and Wayne connected us. It took JJ and I a while to, to get it worked out. But uh, Wayne was the catalyst behind this. So Wayne Salzman, thank you, dude. I sincerely appreciate it. And if you haven't already check out Wayne's interview on here as well. Uh, that was a, that was a few months back and that is a great interview as well. So Wayne, thanks brother. Appreciate it. And let's get into this conversation. This is with JJ Johnson. And for those of you who don't know who JJ Johnson is, he flies under the radar a little bit. Uh, doesn't have any social media or anything like that. And we talk about that in this, in this conversation about why he doesn't, but you should know who he is. Why? Because he's the drummer for Tedeschi Trucks band right now. He used to play with John Mayer. He's played with a slew of other people as well and has a his style. I mean, the guy, you just got to watch some clips of him playing because he's amazing. And I love his approach. I love the way that he, that he talks about uh, approaching drums, approaching music, working with other people. And in Tedeschi Trucks band, he plays with two drummers. So we dig into that of how he's, how he's working with another, another drummer, setting his ego aside, serving the music, all of that stuff. So just a really amazing conversation that I've been dying to have for a long time because I've been a fan of his playing for such a long time. So without further ado, let's get into it with JJ Johnson. JJ, what's happening, my man? Not much. Good to hear from you, Nick. Good to hear from you too. I appreciate you doing this. And I know Oh, my pleasure. It's always hard to line this up, especially when, when people are, you know, on the road and like I was saying off air, you know, we don't have we don't have nine to five jobs and we don't we can't say, Oh, I'll be home at, you know, five thirty and I gotta have dinner and then uh I will you know, then we can do the interview. So I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a little hectic. No worries, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh time is relative in this in this world. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I got to say, Wayne Salzman, he, he's the one who, uh, who connected us. So shout out to Wayne. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, me as well. So where are you now? So you're in Indy now, right? Yeah. I'm just pulled into uh, Indianapolis this morning for a, for a day off. In so the who middle are you of, out with? Uh, uh, the Tedeschi trucks band. Okay. Yeah, we are in the middle. You've been, of the, you've been with them for a while, right? Since like what twenty? How long have you been with them? Since like twenty ten or something? Twenty ten, yeah. Since uh, the start of this project uh, kind of came together, um, yeah. It's and it's been uh, it's been great. Man, I remember seeing I remember quickly. seeing Derek Trucks when he was like seventeen. He played with Fish, and I was like, "Who the heck is that dude?" And yeah, like blew my doors off. What's it like playing with that guy, man? Um, we're kind of like the same, you know. You get the the same impression, and he's like he's an unbelievable musician, and uh, 
you know, kind of hard to put words to, but he's, uh, he's one of those musicians that, you know, you'd be playing with night to night that always, he's, you know, he's pretty present in the moment and, mm-hmm. you know, really draws a lot off of, um, of that type of playing and players. Um, you know, he's not really, a uh, stick to the script, you know, show up and just do your parts. Right. Um, you know, he's really a very improvisational, uh, player. And, uh, as, as well as a lot of the people in this band too, everybody mm-hmm. has a lot of that comes from the background of that and, um, and plays off of that, that spirit. You know, just the, and you guys are pretty open to that too. Like he is—I uh, don't know who's steering the ship. I'm guessing it's—it's—is it him or is it—is it sort of—is it everybody sort of? Yeah, I would definitely that? say more so. You know, Derek is—you know—definitely captain of the of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but leads uh, leaves room for for other other things to happen, and you know, for the music to be taken in different directions. You know, whether right. it's motivated by. You know, uh, Kofi, the keyboardist, or, or Tim, the fave bass player, mm-hmm. um, and they have you know an enormous amount of they're just big ears, you know. Right. And so I'm always it's it's amazing to sit behind that and and uh, listen to the chorus change, in the, you know, in the middle of a tune, like we're just right. navigating through and, and finding these other you know, beautiful places to explore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it keeps you on your toes and it's also inspired, you know, for you to just, you know, keep up or, you know, continue, continue the dialogue right. and, and finding our way around the music. Um, Especially like yeah, when you're that, on the road like that for that long or been playing with a band for so long, it's like, unless you're doing that kind of stuff to me, like it's got to get stale, you know, it's like you just go in and just like, Nope, no, no, no. Do what you did. Do exactly what you did last night. And it's like, yeah, no, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm not really that kind of a musician or, you know, I shouldn't say that I'm, I'm a musician and whatever the music requires is what I'm going to do. Um, but it is really, I prefer to be in a place where, there is that, you know, artistic freedom to be mm-hmm. able to, to be expressive and, and reinterpret things night to night. You know, you can, there's sure. so many variations on an idea. And so, you know, when you have the space, say for, uh, you know, you're going to set up something and it doesn't necessarily be that one, you know, like that would be like, Oh, here's that one feel you play going into this section or, that thing you do all the time is just sort of, it feels a little over calculated, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, uh, and it doesn't really feel true to, I don't know, there's a, there's a certain level of honesty, when, you know, when playing and when you hear other people playing, like, um, there's this feeling of something really exciting that's happening and there's connectivity to it that doesn't feel, it's just like, oh, that's the delivery of it kind of mm-hmm. feels a little, and genuine, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're saying when you're playing the same exact thing night to night and it's sort of rehearsed and choreographed and, and sort of inside of a box. Yeah. Um, and some people, you know, have to do that. Um, you know, certain, certain mu- musics kind of require, um, 
those things to to be that way sometimes for them. You know, there are key parts for reasons, I think, at times in certain tunes or arrangements that have to maintain that that uh that kind of continuity but it does uh it, it you know I can, I can foresee that being pretty stale and boring after mm-hmm. a certain period of time you know and especially for as much as <clears throat> this band uh, stays on the road it, it, it definitely would it would get old quick um, right but you know then that's another thing too it's like it's, it's all about attitude as well it's like First of all, I think most of us are in this get to do this uh, for a living and on a regular basis. Uh, there's a certain level of gratitude for being able to uh, to be an artist and you know mm-hmm. as a career and make your living. Um, so you know you do what you need to do, but um, but I but I'm 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 grateful for for the usually for the most of the environments that I've been in or involved in that have allowed me to have mostly uh creative freedom mm-hmm. you know, to interpret things as I, as I feel and, uh, you know, explore the music night to night. Do you think one is harder than the other? Or do you think it's just different skill sets, like having this artistic freedom and having to sort of be on your toes every single night versus playing in a situation where you have to play the exact same thing every single night? Um, they both have their merits. Um, and you know, one, well, there's a certain level of discipline skill set, obviously. I mean, that goes without saying just, Mm -hmm. um, being a a musician, like you, you have to, you know, I I think that's sort of something, I mean, that's, uh, it's not really a given, you know, I'm somebody who's always, (laughs) I feel I'm always remain a student in the art form because there's just so much to continue to, to learn and, and to develop and, and grow and expound on. Um, you know, if you, if there are certain gigs that, you know, if, if, if that's kind of the, by design, the way it's set up to be part oriented and, and you're expected to do that, it does require a certain headspace and, and discipline to honor, um, to make the music, the bigger picture pull off and, and be delivered in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and the flip side of that is like, well, there's a responsibility given with the uh, create, uh, create creative freedom to not abuse that, which is something that's easy. You know, in other words, like some people will abuse those things with overplaying, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff that's just like, just because, just because, you know, it's like, you know, back to the adage, it's like, just because you can doesn't always mean that you should. Right. And it's easy to fall yeah. into that trap of overplaying for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm conscious of it. You know, it's a, there's a very, there's a little bit of, you know, um, well, I have to be particularly in this band because there's two drummers. Yeah. And, uh, so space is another thing that I'm always having to think about. And, right. but, um, kind of anticipating we give each other freedom to, to move around and make it work without it being cluttered or stepping on anyone's toes and just not, and keeping momentum moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's something I don't think a lot of people, particularly drummers, you know, uh, 
have to deal with, and it's not, but it's just a, it's an, an, it's a unique opportunity that we've been able to, to be involved, involved in and evolve, you know, and, and mm-hmm. still continue to do so. But it's like after the amount of years that we've had playing together, um, we have a, a really special thing. And, and so it's, it's a lot different than the earlier days when we have to really just, you know, it was like being too cautious and then being too cautious, it just doesn't go anywhere. So we had to, you know, get through the rough patch. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's right. very much learn. That's what I was going to ask you. Money. Is this the first band you've ever played with two drummers? No, there was a, I had a, I was involved in a band, uh, back in Austin, Texas in like the, let's say the mid late nineties with some, uh, friends. We had, a, you know, it was a collective of musicians around there and we had a, a band with two drummers, two bass players, and two keyboard players. Yikes. You know, and That's yeah, hard. it was very hard, but it was fun. You know, that was mm-hmm. kind of my first, it was also an opportunity to, to learn. I'm, you know, I'm actually, you know, as it turns out down the line, there was some training ground to, to understand how to work within that context. Right. You know, because you, there's a lot you have to give, you know, and it's, but you have can to we can of, we unpack this a little bit like how like working with another drummer because I'm always curious like I've played a couple gigs with with other drummers uh you know with two drummers but I haven't played consistently with two drummers and I'm always curious do you, you know are you is it set up where one person is sort of is sort of leading and how are you preventing like you know flamming the snares and like i mean some of these are elementary questions but then also like what's your approach going into into playing a gig when you know that someone else is filling up so much space too yeah i'm here's my thing with with anything whether it be a musician i mean a drummer or it was just i mean just any musician whether it be a drummer or whatever instrument it is like i'm i'm not gonna fight anybody you know I think mm-hmm. the music really dictates what should be happening. And also every everyone has the responsibility to take care of the music and be mindful of space. And so Tyler and I do that a lot. And so there's there's things like there's no um it really depends on the tunes because I think we just kind of you know, as they're being developed somebody has more of a a natural instinct to fall in on something and we just kind of let that happen whether that's a tune that like he just comes in and it's like that that part sounds great like where you're going it's like then after that i'm you know thinking about what or if anything needs to happen you know mm-hmm. and now i think our ears are developed to where we just hear counter stuff a lot quicker Rather, rather than trying to force another part mm-hmm. into happening, so there's that, and then you know, obviously, being cognizant of of things like flaming, which is, you know, there's good flaming and there's bad flaming, and uh, you know, sometimes it can be an intentional effect, but obviously, for the most part, you don't want that to be happening. You know, just <laughs> right. like, just, like shoes. You're like, is the there an echo, or are we not lined up here? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I, you know, another important factor with that, and I just do, you know, um, 
is you know having a a good sight line, just something as simple as visual, um, making sure that we're lining up. And I have a I'm angled at a way I have a great I can see everything that's happened with him. We can communicate verbally, or just watching the stroke, you know, just to mm-hmm. make sure that we are all. And it's not a matter of like who's right or who's wrong. It's like how we sound as a unit. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. We have to be together. And then, you know, and sometimes we can be perfect, you know, like in, intentionally loose when that needs to happen. And that's, those are, you know, those are things that are, are very conscious. Like we want that to have the, give the illusion of this or the effect mm-hmm. of this kind of looseness. And <clears throat> just sort of like that, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, falling down the stairs. Um, <laughs> thing you know what i mean the tennis um, shoes in the dryer <laughs> yeah not not too much shoes in the dryer <laughs> right. um you know what i mean this like yeah. clunky like what's going on here and, you know there's been a lot of i think either people have been involved or been bear witness to not great examples of two drummers playing uh together at the same time and as you know it's, it's some ego stuff involved with that as well you just mm-hmm. have to really you have to just put those things aside and really care about the music and really tr- care about, and even that means like a, a song where you might just, like I'm just playing the cymbal on this track or in this tune and and allowing up the freedom um, on the other on the other side of things for things that happen, because all, everything is important, you know, all those things and that the, the overall approach that we, come at this with is kind of exploiting, you know, textures and you know, counter rhythms. And, um, so we get, you know, that, that kind of equated to when you're, when you're in making a record and you hear, uh, you know, you've got a, a you know, a nice foundation of a part <clears throat> and, uh, but then, you know, you, uh, whether it's, you know, adding, you want to keep like a constant on the hi hat, you know, maybe even through the whole song without making, you know, leaving that. And, uh, but for other sections, you want some sort of a lift or some other part. And I think that's kind of our approach really to, we have an opportunity to do so live. Whereas, you know, when you're making a record, you can just stop and like overdub things here and there mm-hmm. or add, introduce even a whole other, drum part or just whether that's part wise tuning um all those i mean we just take everything to to account you know i I, we do a lot of snare drum changes you know to get different textures within certain whether it's the song itself really requires a different range or Mm -hmm. mood or just in a different part of the song where another thing is introduced at a at a later point and, and the music with a bridge, a chorus, or whatever. Um, I, th- I think all those things are play a factor in, in what we are continue to do within this band and in the, in the music that's being generated. It reminds me years ago when uh, when I started playing with players that were, you know, way out of my, way out of my, uh, my league. And <clears throat> there was a guitar player that I played with Johnny DeFrancesco. And 
there were there would be nights where we were playing and he would play sort of he would just loop like a riff or something like that and after a while he was like you know he sat me down and was like you're not really picking up on on what's going on but when i'm playing these riffs and i'm holding them that's basically me saying listen i'm i have the rhythm i i you know i have the tempo and all that and i can take care of it so you can stretch a little bit gotcha. and i'm gi- i'm giving you that yeah that that leeway to do that and he's like look like it's not on you for you know however however long you decide to go out i got you right and yeah while you're saying this i'm wondering are you guys doing those sorts of things too where you guys are looking back and forth and maybe one of you is like i got you you can stretch or you can yep. you know you can explore some different things i'm going to yep. i'll stay home and vice versa absolutely and that's absolutely i mean there was a point last night you know, I mean, that's often um, we we get into the space because I, you know, I'll hold it down certain, and then you know, I mean, it's it's a volley constantly throughout the night, depending upon certain tunes, and sometimes you know, you just feel someone's energy, like like no, that's you don't want to, you know, hamper, you know, or in just let, let let someone go. You, know, you can feel when, when, when things are building and a certain level of energy and excitement that's, that's developing um, to let it, let it be, you know, mm-hmm. then inhibit something. And, you know, we've over the course of years of playing together, we've gotten a good sense. You know, we, we can sense each other's playing and anticipate certain things a lot quicker now and without, having to discuss much, you know, we don't really mm-hmm. talk about stuff like that. It's really just intuitive now. Right. And just by even, even listening, like I can feel and listen to each other's, um, sensibilities, you know, or what, you know, like I, I have, I think he might be, he's going to get ready to set this up here. So he, or even in the middle of it, it's like, yeah. And then maybe even try to compliment that, you know, somewhere in there, just, whether it's like a, a something we do in unison or just playing around one another, it's just it's it's playful and colorful. You know, just we mm-hmm. have to be together though. So right, but that's a good point. Yeah, um, you know, this someone. Yeah, we we have to we do have to have each other's back as well as the rest of the band because every you know everyone's depending upon us, and we depend upon one another. So it's it's actually it's quite a beautiful exchange. Mm-hmm. There's constantly stuff learning, you know, with that playing double drums and just, you know, as a soloist as well. Right. The interesting thing is that you, you know, you said earlier about having, about listening and, and sort of like having big ears and always, and always listening to, to what's going on. And the difficult part is that's such a hard thing to practice by yourself or practice in a room you know what i mean like it's gotta yeah, be it it's gotta be a live thing and and i always like i ask this question a lot like how how can people develop those skills and do you think it's possible to start to work on those skills without without doing it live because it's like I don't think it's like so. you need to be you need to be that good, you, you know, you need to be able to do that to get gigs, but you need to have gigs to be able to do that. <laughs> you know Absolutely. I mean? So it's the, what's the thing of, of, you know, any, uh, whenever I come across, uh, younger players 
and or getting you know any sort of discussion. It's always about finding people to play with um, as much as you can, and, and whatever it is, you know, it's, it might not even be your number one preference, but it's really about the experience of playing with other musicians um, that you can you know you can really get that experience. It, 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 I mean, there's, I don't think there's any way around that. Mm-hmm. So you, it's best to uh, to merge yourself and playing with other people with all, you know, whoever is available. There's always something that will be learned, whether it's where you need to be, what not to do, um, what absolutely you should be doing and paying attention to. I mean, it's all, it's all worth the time you put in because it's, mm-hmm. it's, that's where it's at. There's no way around any of it, you know, practicing. Yeah. There's, you know, there's no mystery. It's just the time you put into things. I mean, that's the, you know, what time do you, it's like you put the time in and it's slow. Right. right. Um, but it's well worth it if you, if you really want to do these things and um, get better, mm-hmm. um, mature, um, just, and be a cognizant and aware of so many things um, that are necessary to, to to create music and being being sensitive to things, to dynamics, you know, mm-hmm. when being you know being having a certain level of restraint, you know, and discipline to just be able to sit and just play grooves without having to play a brown stuff or always hitting crash cymbals, um, playing you know the same. You know, um, common feels, um, mm-hmm. and even thinking about things, thinking about what you're doing, like why are you playing certain things? What does that mean? What does that have to do with the music? You know, right. going to the when you go to a chorus, why do you always go to the the bell of a ride symbol? You know, mm-hmm. I think I've seen right. these things happen a lot of times, and it's I think there's a certain level of mindlessness, you know, to it. It's just sort of this autopilot sort of behavior and reactionary that you've ingrained or just like, Oh, well, this is what you do. It's like, well, that's one thing you can do, but everybody crashes on one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, sometimes, or just when you start a song, you started with, you know, downbeat crash symbol. Like, no, not always. Sometimes that it's just all, any of those things. And that's, I mean, to me, those are major things, but, but, somewhat minor it depends on you know who you're talking to and where you're coming from but i i listen to all those things and that's not even just so much music it's just i mean not drumming but just music in general like things that will um take you out of the you know of the what am i thinking of uh Word choice, um, just taking your way out of from the music, like things that de- distract you. Right, uh, right, right, right. And those happen sometimes listening to, whether it's listening to somebody live or, or even you know records. Typically, you know people who are making good records don't fall into those trappings. Mm-hmm. And actually, to hear more of that kind of stuff live, it's, um, it's really just you know thinking being sincere and, and really paying attention to the music. Right. And, I, and I, and those are things that I do recognize too with, you know, mature 
musicians, those things are very noticeable because you feel you feel them like they are dedicated and, and very much uh, focused and really listening to the music, and that grabs my attention um, a lot because it's you hear the difference in people paying attention to all those subtleties, mm-hmm. which typically makes for good music. Sure. Um, Stuff takes so long to learn, too. It yeah, does. You know? I think people beat themselves up over it. Yeah. You know, I, you, there's a fine line with those things and, and developing and listening to yourself and uh, and also having enough uh, humility to listen to um, other, you know, either whether they be older or just much further along musicians advice you know we people are uh can be a little thin-skinned sometimes i I don't know what i would do if i had you know had a an open mind and uh just and also some really good mentors and and talented people i was able to to be around and coming up and instill you know Mm -hmm. it's it's you gotta be careful of that chip, you know, and really, yeah, and yeah. really be honest with yourself too about things, where you are, what you're doing, and you know, if that's the best, if those are the best options that you can, that you have to to participate in the music, you know, not just being about yourself or mm-hmm. making a display of like how fast you are, how much technique you have, you know, technique is. It's not given, but it's well. Of course, everybody, you know, you you need to be able to to be prepared for whatever's required of you. Right. So that's how I look at technique and mm-hmm. use it uh, musically. You know, it's not about a you know it's a growing trend. I know I'm not the first to say it, and there's many people, but it really makes a difference. And that, that's really I, I enjoy listening to musicians who are very musically oriented. Rather mm-hmm. than putting on display for other drummers, what do you think the allure of that is? Of like the chops crossover? What's that? I think it's a. Uh, it's some of it's very. It's to me, it registers as something like you know a little bit insecure, or um, well, either way you, you shape it, I think it's, it's a level of insecurity involved with feeling necessary to do those those things for the sake of that i i don't really know or other or people just getting a little overzealous or excited about learning new things and wanting to uh try it out on Mm -hmm. whoever's music you know many you know or they or they're in a circle of people who have encouraged that um sort of thing or you know they kind of live in those environments or play in those environments where, you know, that's to them, that's, that registers as that's great playing, you know, right. Because you can do all these things and, uh, they're just tools, you know, it's like, it depends mm-hmm. on how you use these things. And right. I, you know, my thing is just really always getting back to like listening to yourself and paying attention and, and questioning you know, are those good choices, those good decisions, and how does that serve the music? Right, right. Yeah, I, 
I mean, we've talked about it, you know, at nauseum on the podcast, and I, but I always like to see because everyone has a different opinion about it. I always like to get, I always like to get people's opinions, but by and large, the the consensus is they're great, chops are cool, you know, they're fun to do, all that kind of stuff. But you yeah. have to understand, you know, how to play at sixty beats a minute and play half notes and make it feel good. Yeah, you got to be able to do that too. You do, and it really has, uh, you know, because when all that stuff, when everything settles, you know, smoke settles, it's time to, you know, play another tune that's has nothing to do with that. Um, you know, those, that's a very dividing factor in mm-hmm. times of um, musicians, musicianship, and uh, you know, I. I, I I don't know. I love those things. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's exciting. And, uh, and making those transitions, that's, um, you know, it's just like, a, unless you have a, just sort of this one linear kind of style of playing or music that you might be playing. Um, I mean, it could be good. Um, typically you go out to see it and then there's a, there's a journey, you know, whether you, you know, things are going up and down or, and for a flow, you know, of a, of a performance or a show, you're just going to be, you're going to face with those things, you know, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a time and focus, I think. You know, it's obviously something that's um, really common with younger players, and, and I get it, you know, because you want, you know, it's like you're learning things, and it's like, oh, I finally, I figured this thing out, you know, that I've been working on, or so-and-so does, and... Um, I, I just want to put it all over everything. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then it's I like learning I mean, a big word that. and you just try to put it in every conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've seen that happen too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it really just comes down to people just being mindful. Right. Of, of, of you know, playing, you know, mm-hmm. being in, involved in the music seriously mm-hmm. and, and invested yeah i have a theory that between musicality and chops is that chops are less mentally demanding and uh more physically demanding and then the musicality side is a lot more mentally uh demanding and less physically demanding and i think it's easier to master the body than it is the mind and that's why people play a lot more chops because i think it's easier it, you you're right because um um what well yeah I, I would i would agree with that um for the most part because it, the thing it's and it's really hard i mean it's hard to continue to try to reinvent yourself um which i think is something that's worth looking at you know, as you're evolving and continue to evolve and um, asking what else is possible, you know, rather than just kind of falling through your same bag of tricks all the time, um, just pushing yourself to grow and, and asking what el- whatever, what else you're capable of other than just, you know, doing fancy things um, for the sake of doing, you know, forcing things into the music that, really don't add that much to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, um, 
you know, it, you know whether whether you whether you set your equipment up or you tune things or or trying different sorts of sounds, symbols, and heads or or whatever, just item random items, you know, things with certain different tones. Um, it's just that, that continuing to question things rather than just you know complacency can be a not a good thing. One hundred percent. I've been checking out the new Sonar SQ1 kits, and they are sick. You know who else thinks they're sick? Chris Coleman. I'll let him take it from here. When I hear something inside of me, I have to get it out. I have to get the sound that's within me out. Whatever I'm feeling in the moment, I go for it. And I may create something fresh and new for me. Something I may change about it, something I may not. I'm just going with the flow. Sonar's done it. SQ1, my sonar drummer. Check him out. You dig him. These episodes are 100% free thanks to the great support from these amazing companies. So I ask that you support the companies that support this podcast, one of them being Promark. And they have a fire grain drumstick that utilizes a revolutionary heat tempering process that transforms ordinary hickory drumsticks into precision tools with unprecedented durability. Keeping their original weight and balance and feel, Promark fire grain sticks allow drummers to hit harder and play longer naturally. So there's no excess vibration or space age gimmicks or anything like that. Just natural hickory hardened by flamed. Plus, they're available in classic, forward balance, and select balance across a wide variety of sizes. Check them out and learn more by going to promark.com. All right, let's get back into it with J.J. Johnson. I want to switch switch gears a little bit and talk about something that you had mentioned before where you were saying, you know, if you want to, if you want to do this and, and you want to do it professionally, you want to do it as a career you know, there's no secret, like you just have to, to work hard. And I think that the difficult thing that I hear a lot from whether they're younger players or more established players that are still sort of on that cusp and maybe can't do it full time or, you know, had limited success yeah. is that if you want to be a doctor, there's a clear path for that. If you want to be a baseball player, you become the greatest baseball player and then you just go try out and you'll make the team yeah. like there's no. There's no band. You don't just go. You can't just go try out to be a professional musician and you get the gig. So, right. which would be an amazing thing. But, uh, so, what are some of the things over the years of experience that you have that you know to be true, or some commonalities that you see in people who do this professionally or at the highest level? Are there are there some commonalities that you've noticed with a lot of people, or or maybe you can draw from your past of of how you sort of connected all the dots getting to where you are now. Cause it's hard to connect the dots looking forward. I think it's a lot easier looking yeah. backwards at connecting them. No, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I, I was, I had a good, um, a good base of, of people, not you know, a small group, but um, number one, I, I really, I just kind of had the blinders on once drums came to my life and uh you know got that bug and that was just i just obsessed over it. that was all i could do you know like most of us that getting interested in, in 
and playing music at a young age, um, you know, it's hard to focus in in school because I would really just rather be at right. home playing. Right. You know? Yep. And uh, it's hard to focus as, uh, enough as it is, and then you're like, then you have this other thing. You're like, oh my god, these drums. <laughs> but you know, then I had to focus there if I wanted to do that. So, you know. Mm-hmm. I, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, as I got, I would say my late teens, oh, I'm not, well, I go for, um, back earlier than that, but just good people who were really, uh, I saw something in me and, and, and incur- were very encouraging, mm-hmm. but very honest. And, uh, um, without, without jumping on topic, that's the thing I've, you know, I've found sometimes trying to talk to younger musicians, obviously, you know, these guys are coming on. It's like coming up in certain scenes and, you know, just if, if asked, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those people that's going to approach people. I don't even know. And, you know, trying to school somebody is like, Hey, this is what you should be doing. Not doing, you know, somebody (laughs) honestly wants some, some, my advice and I'm, I'm pretty straight up with it without being, rude or trying to be hurtful it's like just you know this is my honest assessment mm-hmm. um but uh and sometimes people get you know um you come to find out that someone's asking for something and they don't really like you know the answers that they will receive and that's <laughs> yeah. fine too They're like i don't i want you hard. i don't want the yeah i don't want the the truth i want you i want to hear the praises you feel, yeah yeah, make make me let me know that I'm just doing just great, which is fine. I'll let you know if if I, that's what I hear. Um, and the same here, you know, I don't you don't ask for things and expect something else. Um, or yeah, um, but I had you know I, I studied. I started on my own in playing, and then a few years into that, um, I started studying with a with a private teacher. And uh, he was, was great, um, Jeff Ryder, uh, San Antonio, Texas. And, uh, you know, he really took a – I didn't realize at the time, but looking back, um, I recognized that he took special interest and <clears throat> gave me extra time, you know, in the lesson, mm-hmm. outside of the lesson. You know, t- took me around to jam sessions and – really try to keep my mind open um, and wide other than just, you know, trying to be in a, a rock and roll band with my <clears throat> high school buddies and we're going to make it big, you know? Right. But, was that you know, ever, was really, that ever the dream for you? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, that's how I started. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I started shortly after I started playing, I formed a, a band with some friends of mine and, you know, that was, you know, we were mostly into like rock and roll at that time as a, you know, as a, with the, you know, most of your peers, you, know, you find mm-hmm. common ground to, to share stuff with. But, I, you know, I grew up with all kinds of music and eventually got into playing those. But, um, you know, he was like, it's not all about this. Like, if you want to do this, uh, it's a legitimate career, but you have to know a lot more than just this, you know? And I, I didn't, I don't think I really knew what he meant at the time, mm-hmm. 
until later, and when I started working, I was, you know, I was, a, you know, in my teens and and doing gigs and making money, playing stuff that wasn't my first preference. But I was learning a lot along the way, being put in these situations and and encouraged, and so then that therefore that pushed me to start exploring and learning other styles of music and how to how what the functions are that are required to make mm-hmm. those things happen. And uh you know, he was another and then later on I met another great bass player, um um who that was allowed to be a part of I mostly played other than playing with some of my peers, other than that I, I got the opportunity to play with older players, whether it was playing in you know, uh, small groups like jazz trios, um, quartets, um, playing, you know, stuff like salsa bands and really learning like that was a whole other function, you know, as a drum set player and, and then the music that was very foreign to me at the time, but, um, I was getting calls and also people were patient enough to show me like the fundamentals of things you know, how they, how that works and, uh, mm-hmm. approaching music. So I feel very fortunate with most of these, these things that have been helpful to me, but I was, I was patient enough to listen. And occasionally there were people said some things that I was like, nah, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I'm going to, you know, it's worth listening to. But most of the people I did come across, it would make me question my question, the things that they were telling me and, and look within myself and, and be, honest about it and it's like oh yeah they're right like that's really not happening yet i don't really have that going on so <laughs> i need to work on that you mm-hmm. know and i would and i would and, and and some of these principles were really they're strong you know, a lot of them stuck with me in, in approaching music and I'm, I'm i'm grateful for those people and their time and and opening <laughs> my mind and eyes and ears up and and also just how you ha- kind of carry yourself too, right? Um, you know, just some some obvious things, but also just you know, it's, sometimes it's it's it helps to have somebody tell you it's like you know what, it's not such a good idea, you know, showing up like this or just, you know being you know late or mm-hmm. unprepared, um, talking too much, being boisterous, being loud. Um, I mean, there's nothing that I really ever, I've had an issue with, but just, you know, things that are, there's a lot to it that comes in other than just playing, right? playing good or being, being a great technician or being, or just being a good musician. There's, there's still other things that come into play because if you want to work with other people, um, people need to like you or at least, you know, feel comfortable around you. <clears throat> and feel like you're gonna you're you're there to 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 do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of those things, I mean, it's really it's fundamental things, but you know, um, those. I mean, stuff as simple as that. I, I attribute to <clears throat> for things being open, the doors opening up for me, and then continue to work and go back and work on things. Some things took years, you know, to get, right. You know, like, uh, 
together, but I, you just stay the course of them, and then they just naturally start to, you know, become ingrained. And so you're reacting off of these things rather than thinking about them. But you still have to come back and practice them, you know, not mm-hmm. necessarily on a gig. <clears throat> and that's a good, you do need to let those things go. And these are things I'm speaking of because I've been guilty of them too. Like all any of the things I've spoken on, like I was at one point, whatever, my development are coming up. Like these were things I was learning and just, you know, making sure I was aware of them mm-hmm. and being mindful. Man, that like getting around those older musicians for me was like blew my mind. It was totally like you you grow exponentially and you're learning all these things and you're like, how did I never know any of this stuff before? You know, and and I think I grew in three or four years more than I grew in the previous, you know, 10 or 12. I agree. I mean, you know, and I I got some, some of these were just really amazing educations that, you know, I didn't go, I didn't study at a university, excuse me. And uh, so invaluable lessons and things I don't know if I could have with certain people because it was really like um, really together, really deep people, really, I mean, amazing musicians who really knew what they were talking about. But I, I just felt comfortable and I trusted them. And and they were right. You know, these are things that later on as I got older, people would remark on like, oh, you you know, I really like the way that you do this or you, you play this way. You're thinking it's like, well, yeah, th- th- thank you. You know, some of it mm-hmm. is natural, but also these are the things that I had the opportunity to be mindful of by having the opportunity to work with some of these people and, uh, and learning that, you know, and they helped open my mind to these things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big you know, part of it. And how, I mean, I don't even know, and maybe you have some advice on this, but I don't even know how to go out and, and find, you know, these older musicians and, and guys who've been doing it longer to teach you. But I think, and tell me if you would agree that I think that if, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you continue to play with different people, you're going to meet other people and build relationships. And at some point you're going to start coming across some people who have been in the game longer and are going to school you if you're open to it. <clears throat> yeah, that's a that's always a key word, like being open to it, and also trusting your gut. Because you know it's the same thing as you meet somebody, you know, a stranger on the street, and it's like you, you can pick up where somebody's coming from, or whether their their intentions are good or not. And uh, you know, not that's not to say that oh, just oh, you know, any older musician you play with, they're gonna. You know, they're going to sort you out and have your best interest. Like, that's not always the case. But you can typically (laughs) tell when someone is and if they're willing to give you that time. And and you can also uh, recognize that they do have something that's worth listening to and being a part of. Um, And I think you're right. You know, one foot in front of the other because there's no method to to this journey. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you have to, I mean, and with that, I would just be even more encouraged to be even more open and hungry and, and going to ask questions of people, going to see players and, and being respectively, you know, talking mm-hmm. to them, approaching them. You know, uh, I know it's a classic thing, but I don't know any other way of like, you know, sessions that are open 
you know, for people to come up and play jams, right. i.e. jam session, or um, continue to just get out and, and, and seek opportunities. And and eventually, you know, people start to, you, you know, your name gets around after a while. You've done a, a good job and people enjoy working with you. You know, any opportunity that's given to you always coming to, to bring your best in whatever it is whatever style of music that's that's really how things that's really how it happens you know mm-hmm. um, and staying on top of these things and, and maintaining a good attitude um, but li- listening you know mm-hmm. and if you're fortunate I think- enough I don't I wouldn't know I, I feel really for I don't know what's I'm kind of out of the loop on, on things these days and being in the world that's really oversaturated with things and I mean it's a different world than I came up in and you know with the information that's available to people now and um, but also you know there's there's not a lot of as many places anymore um, like venues or places to go out and see I mean it depends on where you where you are um, but I would say significantly you know, those things are, you know, not as many, as in abundance as they were before. Uh-huh. Um, but they're wherever, wherever, you know, anywhere that anyone lives and you can just go and, and see players that are playing uh, on a regular basis is, you know, you, you get in there if you can, ask people and just show up. You know, be in people's faces respectively, ask questions. Um, and I think eventually you get to a place where you get to play with some of these people and and learn and to keep, you know, keep your your mind and ears open. Mm-hmm. And take everything into consideration. Unless, you know, I mean, I know other people, other friends of mine who, who have had some great experiences and some great teachers at studying at universities and, and that's, that's invaluable as well. But mm-hmm. getting out into the world doing, I mean, there's, you know, because you have a degree doesn't mean like you, you don't go to a, all right, posting an ad local, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm certified now. Right. Hire me. Um, right. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> It's yep. a, yeah, it's a really, uh, it's an interesting, uh, world and, and I love it. You know, I, I like everything about it, you know, and, and respect everything about the art form and, and we're, because it's, we're very fortunate to, to do these things. And so you should treat it as such. It's precious. I mean, the information that's out there is just, is crazy and, you know, it's you know, like you said, oversaturation. Sometimes I think it's a good thing, and sometimes I think it's a bad thing if you let it, you know, sort of consume what you have going on. And you seem like you're not, you know, you don't do a lot of social media stuff or anything like that. Is that is that because you don't you don't see the value in it, or you don't you don't or you just don't need it? I I do see the value in it. I think I got I was a little. Um, I looked over the the shoulder of it for years, um, and it's you know not com- completely 
unavoidable because I'm dealing with people and most people have some connection to it or involved in it. So I'm always hearing about stuff. And I kind of prefer it that way rather than being, you know, tied up or signed up into a, of a part of like some format and um, inundated with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. constantly. Cause that wasn't the thing I saw. I was like, I don't want to, you know, it's hard enough keeping up with what I have to keep up with. I could just, I could see the writing on the wall and it's like, that's not for me. And I'm still like, I don't, I don't have any social media. Um, and I'm still very good with that. Although right. I do see the beauty of it. In some things, people have used it in a, a constructive manner, and that's great. You know, mm-hmm. connecting with other people, um, letting people know your whereabouts, um, promoting your, your your products or your groups. Um, those are great, you know, because the game is the music business and industry has changed so much. So it's forced people to have to to do things on their own or be more creative Um and connecting with other people and getting out and getting your stuff heard and or some awareness of yourself. Um, and some of the other things that come into play with it, it's just, I kind of don't have anything to do with that. And just get into this other territory and, you know, people, you know, use it as a way to just, you know, uh, you know, you, the, those things are obvious that right. the negative right. part of it. Sure. And, that's that I hear enough about it without even being involved in it to know it's like that's yeah that's I don't right I just it's reaffirming for myself mm-hmm. it's funny I have um you know I have you know the my business is drummer's resource so I have to have social media for that and all that and then I have personal ones and after a while I was like I'm not getting any value out of having these uh, you know my personal accounts or anything like that and so yeah. I got, re- you know, I have, I have a Twitter account, which I like because it's just words. And then Instagram, right. I like looking at pictures and then, but Facebook, I was like, I, 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 can't, I was like, I, I don't, I don't get any value out of it. It's, it's a waste of time and it's filled with a lot of negativity. And that was the biggest yeah. thing for me. I was like, I just, I don't like negativity. I don't want it in my life. I, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to hang out with people who are negative. So I'm not going to like scroll through and read everyone's negative comments oh i know and that's and i hear i still hear about it because someone like or someone in the band like hey did you see this so-and-so posted this and it's so it's not unavoidable still right. but that was that's enough for me you know <laughs> right. and, and I'm, I'm amazed at the stuff i see it's like wow well, there you go yep. because i also i can see myself being sucked into that and, and finding mm-hmm. it hard for me to control myself, responding to other those kinds of things. Like, that's not the way I want to spend my time. Right. You know, I, I like direct communication with people and mm-hmm. having conversations um, face-to-face right? Um, rather than, you know, everyone feels powerful sitting at a keyboard and <clears throat> to attack other people or, you know, mock or ridicule any of the other things that go on constantly. And it's just, I have no time for that. I have enough, to, you know, it's hard enough for me to keep up with my own life without having that in extra, you know, activity, yeah. you know, to deal with. And yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm, I don't, you know, but some people feed off negativity too. So it's, they love it. I, I don't have anything to do with it. You know, it's just, it's toxic. 
uh, I'm with you, man. I, I feel the same way. And the, you know, the, the scary part about social media, not to go on like this huge tangent, but it's, it's addictive. I mean, they've like proven that it's addictive that. No, I know. Get, I could get the that. same dopamine that. response that you get from drugs and alcohol. So every time you get a notification yeah. or a message or something like that, it, it's literally like, you know, smoking a joint or drinking a beer. Right. Like, Oh, what is it? I gotta, yep. you know, I gotta check in. I can't, you know, you can't, people, you know, they can't help themselves. And I watched that too. That's a, that's kind of the thing, like I mean by I'm looking over the shoulder of it for a long time. And, you know, and I it was, I might've been tempted a couple of times and people say, oh, you should just get a, you know, just get an Instagram account. You know, you don't have to do, it's like, well, eventually, yeah, I do. What's the point of getting something? And then, you know what I mean? I'm like, ah, yep. it's just not for me. It's just not, because I, you know, once it's like, well, then you start peeling these layers back and then. Before you know it, you are in it, and that you're doing these things that you didn't want to do, mm-hmm. being involved in these kinds of environments. Or, and it's okay. I mean, I'm curious to see where things go with it, but for now, it's it's just still don't see any place in my life for it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, keeps you present. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit more lack of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we see it, you know, it's kind of like we're, how people are communicating with one another these days. Um, I, it's a di- direct result of some of these things. People just don't, you know, just don't know how to be reasonable and uh, want to talk. You know, they'll wait until they go home or get on their phone to mm-hmm. comment on something, say something. It's, you know, when you have an opportunity with, to deal with people in a compassionate manner, um, yeah, it's easier to... <laughs> Just go do this other thing. There's a guitar player that I used to play for that used to do that. Like if he had an issue with someone in the band, he would go home and post some like cryptic message on Facebook. Yeah. that's. And you're like, dude, I know you're talking about me. Yeah. You know, and people handle things that way. Yeah. And it's just like, it just, it's not good. You know? No. No, it's, I think, but you know, things wear themselves. I, I know certain people, you know, speak of this. Similar situations where it's you, like they were involved in these things, and then eventually, like I've got to, I've got to let it go. You know, I've yeah. got to, like, this is not doing me any favors, and you know, actually, it's bringing negative results to my life. So, yeah, whatever works with people, but you know, it's hard, man, because um, it's hard to self-edit. You know, mm-hmm. I know when you've gone too far, when it's like maybe I should pull out of this or take a break at the very least, and and reassess myself and you know how you know i'm functioning with these tools but it's you know people not always the most responsible Mm -hmm. you seem like a pretty a pretty present sort of self-reflecting kind of guy do you have do you have like any practices that you do or do you meditate or anything like that you know i have I'm I'm still working on getting there. I've I have a few friends who really um do practice meditation and um, and it's you know, as you know, I don't know if you but it's a it's a long practice, like getting it is. To, to a place where um it's, it's effective. So I'm right. I'm just kinda starting to to uh dabble with some of those practices, because it's hard mm-hmm. to do, man. It's turning everything it off, and and uh, you know, I'm I have a, I don't have a routine. It's my routine, but I do do things uh, 
to get myself into a, a space, whatever that is, it's, it's reading, um, or, you know, doing some exercise, although I'm having to take a break right now. Um, I think I've overextended some stuff here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Trying to work out. Um, it varies quite a bit, but, you know, there's, uh, I, there's a few different things that I, you know, whether it's certain, certain teachings, of, um, just things that calm the mind and, and just and pull yourself back to real time present right, right now. Um, yeah, I, I prefer to, I prefer to live that way. And, uh, and it just, you know, these are, these are good things. And also for, for what we do, you know, it's necessary. It's keeping your mind as calm as it can mm-hmm. and your thoughts and, and your focus. Um, but it's a constant practice because, you know, you get those days that those things aren't happening. And then, you know, you, you, you self-reflect and realize, like, oh, I'm off course. Mm-hmm. Another day, you know, start it. Let's try it again. Right. That's why they call so it a practice, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You, you got to keep coming back at it, you know, yeah. and, and then it starts. You start to see the results. Yeah, that's slow man it's nothing nothing usually things that are worthwhile don't come too quickly and you just have the level of appreciation for them and that and they're doing the things that you want to do you're in this place that you you know your your most ideal place by continuing to practice these things Mm -hmm. so yeah without i know it's a bit bit vague but i i'm still working on getting there it's hard. It's track. a hard, it's a hard thing, man. It took me, it took me probably three years to really develop a daily meditation practice. Yeah. Like a but solid I mean, three years. It's hard. Well, they, yeah. Well, I hope to be there in, in three years, but I, you know, some friends of mine that, that, you know, really been into it for years and just have amazing results. You know, it's like, Oh, you should really, it's like, I know I'm working on it. Yeah. Trying to get there. I mean, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe it's not for everyone, you know. But it definitely, it definitely helps me because I, I have like really bad anxiety. So, uh, yeah. So it, it definitely like completely turned everything around for that. So, but some people it makes sense. Don't get anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I kind of find it hard to believe, but um, I, I don't see it as something that could. Out of a lot of the things, like I don't, you, I don't see how I could do any wrong, right? Um, and uh, I felt, I've, I felt like I've gotten to those places a few times where I was fully there, and uh, mm-hmm. so I can relate to that state. Um, but I, I, I was, I just happened to, I wasn't, I just, ha- I felt fortunate to get there. Um, I, I think I was intentionally trying to get there, and I felt that I did. Um, and realizing it after the fact, after I kind of just came back, but it was like, oh, I, I think I understand this state. Right, right. Have you, have you ever been in a deprivation tank? I have not. Oh, man. I, <laughs> you got to do one of those. You, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever have you heard of them? I think so. Um, so they call it floating. So you're basically, you're in... Uh, 18 inches of water 
and it is a it's like a big tank and you're in 18 inches of water and it has 2000 pounds of epsom salt in it so your body is buoyant so you just you float you it's like you it's impossible for you to sink and you lay on top wow. of the water and the water is heated to 98.6 degrees so you don't feel the water on your body so you're essentially in this state of floating because you're at, at any point in, in the day you're always there's always pressure on your body whether you're sitting standing laying down in a bed whatever they're like you know whatever's touching your body is is putting pressure on you in the sep right. in this deprivation tank there's none of that so it's the closest thing that you can get to completely uh, free of any sort of pressure and you're in there for an hour and there's no sound it's pitch black and you just lay in this thing and you get you know that spot that you get like right before you fall asleep or you get really creative and you can right. sort of see, like you can figure out everything that you're trying to figure out and you have all these great ideas and everything. It's like that right. for 60 minutes. Oh, wow. And you just lay there and it's dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that sounds amazing. Um, I have yet to been able to, uh, yet to ex experience that, but, uh, I don't know. Right. I guarantee there's one, they're popping up everywhere, so you should check them out. It's called floating, or they're called sensory deprivation tanks. It's a, like a float spa. Google float spa in whatever town you're in, and okay. uh, and you'll find them. They're popping up everywhere, man. And they're totally like you know harmless. You're literally just like you go in and lay in water, and that's it. And you there's awesome. a light in the in the tank, so if you get like I'm claustrophobic and it doesn't bother me at all. So, but uh, but you can like. You know, you can turn the light on in the tank if you if you want. You can have music playing or not have music playing, whatever you want to do. But it's and it, it may take a couple times to like get there. You know what I mean? To right. get to that to get to that state. But once you do, it's it's pretty amazing. I love it. I have to look into that. Yeah, let me let me know if you do it, man. I'd love to hear what your experience is with it. Yeah, absolutely. Floating spot. I'm writing that down. Yeah, you might dig that. Well, cool, Good man. Work. I I don't want to I don't want to take up too much of your time. I appreciate the time that that we spent together <clears throat> so far. No, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Likewise, again, thank you to Wayne Salzman for for connecting us, and JJ, thank you for taking the time to chat, sharing all this knowledge with with all these drummers and, and safe travels out there on the road. Thank you, my man. Same to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime, anytime. Beautiful. All right, man. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, too. All Talk right. to you soon. All right. That was my man, JJ Johnson. I hope you dug that. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some information out of it. I hope that it reframes some of the stuff that you do in your own playing, in your own career, the way that you're approaching things, the way that you're thinking, th thinking about things. And it's making you realize that you need to be open. You need to seek advice from some older players. Be open to their criticism, constructive criticism. If they're just doing it to tear you down, then I don't, I don't think you should be listening to them because you don't need that negativity in your life. But if they're giving you constructive criticism, and maybe if, if it's even criticism that you don't want to hear, you need to take it, accept it, and if you want to, if you're really serious about getting better, then you need to take it into the practice room and you need to get better at those things. So that's what I got out of this conversation, and I hope it served you well. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.